Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone. Looking at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. This is Cindy Murray, and I am here... (laughs) (laughs) they're cracking me up today they're cracking me up i'm here with amber garvin and Kristen hessler hello what up and they're like they're they're feeling the end of the year i think is what what it is so um (laughs) they're just cracking me up over here the um the topic for today uh stems from a uh, section in the Eckhart Tolle book. I y'all may be tired of hearing this. I don't know, but this was something that really struck me, uh, struck a chord within me, and so I kind of wanted to talk about it. I thought this was a great place to do this at the end of the year. Um, we're kind of wrapping things up and heading into the new year, and it's the concept of the only way to heal the world is to heal yourself. And it, it comes from uh, a part of why I thought this was an important topic to, to broach right now is because there is so much strife and anxiety in the world. We've just come through two years of COVID, um, you know, some political unrest, civil unrest, civil unrest, um, some of some of which is still going on. And then we yeah. have. Um, you know, mass shootings and just all kinds of things. And a lot of us are still reeling from the shock of it all. Uh, I talk to people all the time who are living through trauma still from things that have happened in these last two years. And also living through trauma that came from their past that was um, brought back to the surface in the last two years. So, um, I was talking to my therapist a while back and, and she mentioned that, uh, a record number of her, um, patients are, are dealing with trauma right now, just some kind of either PTSD or anxiety or trauma, you know, from just from what has happened. And so I thought this was a, a good place to, to bring this out because I know a lot of people are really disgruntled isn't the word um I'm I, they're just very disturbed by the state of the world around us and you know a lot of people take a lot of things very personally um seeing the unrest in the world um you know, getting really emotional about things that happen. Sometimes we feel kind of helpless. We do. We do. We feel helpless and we don't know what to do. And, um, and you can't fix the world. You cannot fix the world. You can only fix yourself. And, and that's what this whole concept is about. And, um, in, in fixing yourself, you, open up a pathway for others to fix themselves as well. And it's, it's kind of like a chain reaction. Uh, You, you fix yourself and then you shine a bright light. And in that bright light, others can see the way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. And, and I think that's a a lot of uh, what I, uh, some of what I learned from the Eckhart Tolle stuff 
Um, and you're and you're not fixing yourself in order to fix the world, but when you fix yourself, you become less anxious about the state of the world. Because once you've fixed yourself, then you actually do come to realize that you cannot fix the world. And it's not really your place to fix the world. Does that make sense? But you're also not contributing to the negative But you're not contributing to the, the, yes, you're absolutely right. If you don't fix yourself, then um, you're just putting that negative energy out there, which is just making the world worse as a whole. It is. And, you know, there's a concept of, um, or, you know, that people use sometimes, they say, if you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. You are part of the problem. So... Um, if you recognize um, inequalities in the world, if you recognize um, wasteful consumerism or energy waste wasting resources or whatever, if you are not actively trying to create a solution for that, then you are equally to blame for the problem because then you are complacent. At, at the very least complacent yeah, or... and allowing it to continue. So, um, and that, I think that, that, um, goes through a lot of different topics of our lives, you know, um, the, you know, civil, civil rights, um, you know, just this, all kinds of things. Pollution. Pollution. Um, and like we talked about the consumerism, um, you know, we've become a, increasingly more consumerist society the idea of fast fast fashion and disposable goods and um you know it's wasteful of our resources it fills up our landfills um my husband and i went camping a few weeks back and we were driving out in the country and we saw yet another huge landfill being um built up and it was it was horrifying and they're you know they're just dumping this stuff in there eventually we're going to be all living on top of these landfills or they are going to tower above us like skyscrapers and and we are just continuing to contribute to the amount of trash that goes into them and um you know i'll be the first to say i often throw recyclables into the trash because it's easier you know, if I'm out in public or whatever to do that, then to, um, you know, take it home and rinse it out or go to the effort of finding a recycle bin. Um, I'll also be the first to admit that a lot of times at home, I don't necessarily rinse out that can of soup before I put it in the recycle bin. And so then what happens is it contaminates the recyclables and it just goes to the trash. And, I feel guilty about that. I I think I need to work harder on making sure I rinse and dry all my recyclables and, you know, keep the paper separated from the food product stuff. Right, and, because you can't go out on the street corner and pick it and complain that unless we're not treating the earth properly if right. you you're can't not get your recycle under right. control. <laughs> and... and you know, there's, there's so many problems in our world and, and I know I've contributed to them and 
it, it's um, it's kind of hard to point the fingers at yourself. It is, but I think it we owe it to our our world to, and we owe it to the other people in our world, and to future generations, to build something that will last. Um, we are almost at the turning point in our society that if we do not control our um, carbon footprint, we will reach the point of no return. And that means that future generations will not be able to live on this earth. And so unless we learn to fix the problems here, we're only going to carry those same problems out to other planets or whatever and and we're going to have those same problems and and that's a common theme in like sci-fi um good sci-fi stories is that mankind is still battling with the same stupid petty things that we've always dealt with because we never actually dealt with it and like i said we can't I can't make everybody recycle. I can't make everyone respect the rights of women. I can't make everyone um, look beyond a person's skin color or religion. I can't um, make our government work together as one cohesive unit without partisanship. But I can do those things myself. And... That, I think, is the starting place. Do you have something? Yes. Yes. So I've been sitting here, and I never heard you say the actual phrase. I did. You at did? At the beginning. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure, because I heard you talking about Eckhart Tolle and... Yes. Okay. I, I, I just wanted... Eckhart... I was like, when is she going to... Pass the the baton. I was getting ready to. That I was know because I was, I was like, kind of, "What's the question?" I, I okay. really did. Yeah, and sadly, okay. I don't really have a question. But well, okay. um, I I asked you if you had something to add to that, so I'm gonna let you pick it. Right, up. Okay. I am gonna pick it up. I just I wanted to ask that really quick because I was like, "Yes, well, we I need did to record you asking that." If you no, hadn't. I did at the beginning as okay. I was kind of going through the thing. So yeah. okay, and we can say it more times than that if we want. I'm about to. Yes. So in the phrase, the only way to heal the world is to heal yourself. Um, I see like the part of healing yourself. When we were reading Eckhart Tolle and learning about like the ego and yes. um, that being inside of you that you name and stuff, uh, you know, healing that person because I know that that ego of mine, whenever it lashes out, you know, it retaliates when it mm-hmm. feels attacked or needs to, needs to, um, prove itself. Right. Its value and its worth and its presence. It affects other people. Yes. Right. And so when I think about it, I think about it being like contagion, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about a, a bad attitude, is a contagion because when you give someone your bad attitude, 
they turn around and give it to someone else. Exactly. I was just driving down the other, uh, down the road the other day and I was telling mom about it because after reading this book, it's so funny because I see people's ego Mm -hmm. present oh yeah and I always like to say don't let your ego drive you to work today because my ego has often driven me to work now that I've noticed it and um, I was actually driving through some rush hour and these two pickup trucks were both trying to get into the lane at uh, the same lane in the same spot but Ooh. instead of one of them just letting the other one go mm-hmm. they start honking at each other no it wasn't even that they were doing this road ragey like i'm gonna cut you off kind of thing and it was like two bucks in the wild but a buck is doing that because of the hierarchy of the animal kingdom and it mm-hmm. the need to mate and they're right it has it serves a purpose it does right? serve a purpose but we yes. are more sentient and above that, in a sense, I don't want to say like humans are above animals, but we have the ability to have awareness and that's how we can heal ourselves is by becoming above that. Right. right? And coming out of those animal instincts to attack and fight. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys in the truck or women or whoever, these pickup truck drivers, one of them could have just let the other one go. But the egos came out. And they were wrestling for dominance. And I thought, oh my gosh, if everyone drove like that, we would not go anywhere. No. Because because what ended up happening was these two guys, like, had enough with each other's attitudes on the road. And one of them zipped off and peeled out and, like, tried to get off the highway really quick. And the other guy followed him. And I thought, oh my gosh, I hope, like, you know, they're not going to take it beyond you know right road rage right and um, people do though but they do a lot of people and get killed that way that is the stem of it like you know you have to pick your battles and you know sometimes people aren't trying to cut you off because they want to be in front of you this guy was just trying to get off the highway and the other guy was trying to get on the highway and they were both trying to get into the lane at the same time but their ego would wouldn't insisted. allow them yeah. to you know, back off and let the other person go. They had to go first. Yeah. They couldn't just live their life. They were stuck in this. Like, well, it really like makes, I was about to say, it really makes me mad. Like driving to work in the morning, like same thing, but like the cars will drive crazy. And it's so funny to like get around me because I try to drive normal, I guess will drive crazy to get around me and then like they end up getting stuck behind someone else so Mm -hmm. they're literally gonna be less than a minute there before i am right because they're stuck right yeah because you can only go as fast as the surrounding traffic yeah yeah right and i was laughing with mom because i was noticing that I am noticing other people's egos more and I think that's my ego telling me like yeah look at those people's egos you know but it's also that's my ego pointing out other people what you see in other people are things that are in you and good that and that is a good thing and a bad thing yeah if you think I'm at that stage now yes of development where you're where you're seeing those things in yourself because I drive that way sometimes too I'm like Gosh, no, you're not going to pass in front of me. Why are you trying to cut me off? But <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't it really slow doesn't. me down no. to to let off the gas for a minute and let that car on the highway. Because and you're then not going to get there any faster. Yeah. And, and that's... Microseconds mean when you, nothing. When I'm talking about healing yourself, um, 
you know, heal the world, heal yourself. To, in order to heal the world, you have to heal yourself. And I, in a lot of ways, it's, it's finding those flaws in yourself, the things that you do that contribute to the problems, and also identifying that ego and getting yourself out of the ego and um, healing your traumas. Um, a lot of us react. We still have knee-jerk reactions to traumas that have happened in our lives. Um, I, I know I have a lot of trauma in my life from growing up very poor. I have a lack mindset, which if you don't know what that is, that's um, when you've grown up in a situation where you really don't have much or maybe not even enough to, to sustain your life sometimes. And even after you grow up and you get a great job and you have money and everything is fine, you still hoard food or, or you fear or, or yeah, yeah fear or you, you're going to run out of yes, something. You have fears and, and sometimes you're not even aware of those things. Um, they're just subconscious the way that you treat money and the way that you treat the people around you, you, um, you hide things from people to keep them from using your things. And um, you're very protective of personal items and things like that. And this is, this is just one example of, of this kind of trauma, but that is, uh, you know, that's one of those things, the way you treat other people often stems from those traumas in your past. And so in order to, heal the world you've got to quit treating people as a reaction to the traumas that have happened to you if you go throughout your life thinking that people are trying to take away what little bit that you have then you treat people unfairly and it affects their lives not just yours and your children and it, it yeah. affects then your children's your children lives. will have other things that if they you take. if you had trauma from dealing with the police when you were younger or by seeing a family member deal with the police, then you are more than likely going to instill that fear of the police into your children. And you are going to remain fearful of the police. And you may be disrespectful of the police and thus cause more problems. And yeah. this is... It's, it's not all police are bad. Obviously, not all police are bad. Well, you can, like, turn that mindset around because I had that same fear growing up. And then I got a job as a police dispatcher. And I was a police dispatcher for a while. And I saw, maybe not, like, as a police officer what police went through. But I was at the station and saw and heard everything that police go through on a daily basis right. so now i have a new a newfound respect for the police having worked for them right, right. and th and that's and that's true of a lot of you know people distrust doctors but if you if you go through your life distrusting doctors and not listening to doctors advice because you don't trust them and you teach your children not to trust the doctors, mm -hmm. then they're going to grow up not trusting doctors. Maybe you disrespect the doctors. It, it doesn't help the situation at all. And there's, there's lots of ways to heal that trauma in you. And like you said, you know, you can go 
look at it from another perspective. Yeah, always um, look at it from al- the other well, person. Always look at things from another perspective. But that's that's one way of healing that trauma is by looking at that other person's point of view. This um this relates directly to me in that um I grew up with a bad childhood situation with my mother. Um, I didn't have the greatest relationship with my mother. Uh, and now my mother has dementia. And so I really can't ever repair that relationship, but I am, um, responsible for her care because, um, my sister died. My brother lives 350 miles away. So I am her caregiver and I, there's parts of me that are that were angry with her and in part in in part still are angry with her for my upbringing. But as I get older and I come to see things from her point of view, uh, which is not to say that she is telling me what she thinks or whatever. And I'm just agreeing to it. I'm allowing yourself to see. I'm allowing my eyes would be. Yeah. I'm allowing myself to see what she went through And I am seeing that my mother was, um, she had some, uh, mental issues that were beyond her control and nothing that she ever did to me was on purpose, on purpose or intentional or, you know, there was no intent to harm there. Um, it, what she did was to protect herself or doing the best that she could in under the circumstances. And the more I allow myself to see, to imagine what I would have done in her place and to see how her mindset actually was rather than what my child brain was, my ego was telling me was happening, mm-hmm. then I am more easily able to forgive those things and let them go. Um, I'm not as angry as I was. And in not being as angry as I was, I'm able to give that benefit of the doubt to a lot of other people as well. And, um, I, it's hard, you know, it, I think a lot of it comes to you. You have to understand when people are acting from their ego and allow them to act from their ego and not react to their ego. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's what it is. It's the react. That's why I say it's like a virus. It is. It is. It's contagious mm-hmm. because if tonight was a great example, we went out to dinner to a restaurant and, um, it was busy. There was, uh, one cook, one waiter and one, um, like prep person that we could see. And there was all these people standing around looking for a table. The The one waiter that we thought was the waiter was bussing some tables as fast as he could. We couldn't determine if it was a seat yourself or wait to be seated because there was no sign. And Kristen ran over to the, to the waiter that was bussing the tables and asked, is this seat yourself or um, do we need to wait to be seated? And he was curt and rude and told her to just wait a minute. And that started our whole experience off poorly. Um, 
that started us into that spiraling attitude. And um, then we sat down and we realized that they, uh, they didn't have menus anymore. No waiter came over. There's like a little QR code in the middle of the table. And it says order and print on the, or order and pay on the app. And then you can go um, get your food. And we couldn't get, or I couldn't get the QR code to work. It, it went by so fast. It, would, um, it closed out the page and it wouldn't bring up the code that I had to verify on my phone. And I really didn't want to put my phone in this app because I don't want to give my phone out to a bunch of people that are going to sell it to scammers. And I use my phone for work. You know, it, I, I had a lot of reservations about this. So I called, um, we saw another waitress pop up. So she was bussing some tables. So I, you know, motioned her over and asked her, is this the only way she copped an attitude? And, um, it took me like four or five tries and I couldn't get my order to go through. And finally the waitress came over and said, let me just do it for you on the phone. And she had a lot of attitude. And so by then we have attitude. We're, frustrated. Um, I'm mad. I'm ready to give them a bad review, immediately bad review on my, um, on the phone and everything. But I go get my food and I sit down and I eat and I'm mad because they don't have some of the items that I liked anymore. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just not having a good time at this restaurant. And it started out with that first confusion and whether we sit down or whatever, and just the attitude. And we eat and then we go to pay with our phones and the ticket is all messed up. And there's no explanation on. Um, yeah, there's no one guiding us. No on one guiding us. No waitress coming over. Oh, and, and during the process of this, um, we, we had to wait forever for drinks. Uh, I got the wrong drink. Um, my granddaughter, Raina, never got her drink. And we kept talking to them about it, you know, and they kept coming around and eventually another waitress popped up and she was trying to make things right. You know, she was, you know, just hustling and trying to do stuff, but it was just, it was chaos. And so we get to this time to check out and Kristen realized that she had already paid immediately after she ordered and she had paid for Amber's Amber's order had showed up on her ticket. And then I can't get the ticket to pull up on my phone at all. Amber pulls it up on hers and it's my ticket. So we're like very confused, you know? And so we call over the, the one helpful waitress and, um, and she comes and sits down and she says, I'm sorry, I don't even work here. This is, (laughs) and we're like, what, what? What? You just brought me my food. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she says, this is, this is my husband is the manager here. He was the first waiter. (laughs) <laughs> the waiter the, the waiter yeah, the waiter. You know, he was bussing tables you know and he's the manager and he here. was cooking and he was cooking um because they only had one cook in the in the back and um so she said this is my husband's restaurant he's the manager here da, 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 you know and let me get him over here just as soon as he can and we'll straighten it out and he and she then she said yeah the the waitress just walked out and she starts to explain that the other waitress that had been helping me with my order, um, <clears throat> she had gotten kind of reprimanded from the manager that she was moving too slow and spending too much time talking to 
the tables. I'm sure she was probably helping them through their apps. With the app. With the app. It was ridiculous. Because yeah. it was ridiculous. And we were so I, confused. Yes. And, um, but he told her she was taking too much time talking to these tables and she got mad. She just, I'm out of here. And she walked out the door. And so now they're down a waiter. And so he called his wife to come over and she brings her two young children who are sitting in one of the booths. And so she puts on a, a uniform shirt and just starts helping. Right. And what a good wife, right? Kudos to her. And, um, and you know, he's just haggard looking. You could see by this point, he, she, he comes over and he explain. you know, we were explaining to him what's happening and he's just like, I hate this stupid app. I hate the way he had this it. look on his face. Like not, not again, again. Yes. not yeah. one more thing today. Not, yes. And I was just like, Oh, that's why so... you got short with me. Right. And so he, he's having, you know, this terrible day already and then, um, and oddly enough, the wait, we're sitting there talking to the wife and is, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know, here comes the waitress back she in. She came back. She came back. Um, and she said, yeah, I had to go out and smoke a cigarette because, I, you know, she it, she just had a bad she day. She was frazzled. Yeah. She was frazzled. Everybody there was frazzled. Everybody was frazzled. And because they're understaffed and the stupid app's not working right and, and there's no explanation on the app, how to do the order and how to make it work. There's nothing there uh, that this this corporation has set up for this business, you know. So they're trying to figure it out. And you know, I'm a I'm a senior citizen. I mean, you know, they expect us to figure this out. And it, you have to do this ordering on your phone. What if you don't have a phone? Uh, what if you don't have a smartphone? Because there are still people with flip phones who don't have smartphones and you know, things like that. So I'm just like, this is not bueno. But anyway, she comes back in and helps us through it and, and explains why, how the app works and everything. It was not self-explanatory at all. And um, in retrospect, I am definitely going to write a letter to the corporate office of this company and explain to them this experience without placing blame on the waiter or the manager or his wife because... This entirely was not their fault. This was the corporate solution. Because they didn't want to. They don't want to pay more waiters to work the tables or whatever. Or or pay money to put kiosks so you could order at the table. They're just trying to be cheap. And, and it doesn't work. And the poor people in this restaurant are getting the brunt of it. And we started out mad at them because they were mad at us but they're really not mad at us they're just they're frazzled. frazzled and and it's all ego you know it's all ego they were letting their they were reacting to what they thought was us making demands on them and then we were reacting because we were frustrated and confused yes and so you know it's just a it's a bunch of just tug of war when all all it could have taken was a five second one second, I'm busting this table, and then I'll come seat you. Um, or um, having a sign at the front that says, seat yourself, or please wait to be seated. That that works, too. They used to have one there at that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, it With the, the ordering system, you know, a, a little sign that says, first you do this, then you do this, and then you do this. Right. Uh, how to pay out instructions but... on the app how to how to the payout process works there it it was very complex and confusing and 
she was short with us and you know because she's frustrated with things it it just wasn't a good situation and right but to get to the point though is the whole idea is to in order to heal the world, which would be to improve processes and right. make things... Ex- to heal the world, it, part you of You have to heal yourself. So you can't expect the corporations to make things better no. for you and the employees to no. be better for you. You need to learn I have patience. To learn, I have to learn the patience. And and yeah. I did in the in the process of this. You know, we, got, we were mad. And I actually... Um, I'm a lot more tolerant and forgiving of her now that I know the story of what happened. And I think that's the the key there is to open our minds and see that other person's point of view. Exactly. That's why I was like, and, I hope you're going to this. Well, I, I was <laughs> trying was to get turning there. into a rant, but there's always a no, moral, it's, right? It's not a rant. It's, right. it's really is a moral. The, the moral of that is that if I had known her story, if when I took the time to listen and to observe, them yeah. and, and that, that wife and that, that uh, manager sat down at the table next to us and we, we laughed and we talked and we um, agreed that this was rough on them. And I felt really bad for them that they had such a rough night and, you know, kudos for this wife for grabbing the kids and coming up and helping her husband, um, Thank God he has somebody he can lean on to help him in that time, you know, and um, I, you know, I think I want to make the point that you have to listen to the other person's point of view. You have to think of it from the other side. And when you can learn to do that, when you can stop just listening to your own ego. Yeah then you can be patient. And if I had done that from the beginning, I could, I mean, I saw that he was busy. I saw that there was a whole line of people waiting for this table that he was trying to bust. Um, I didn't have to get attitude about that. And I didn't have to get attitude about the ordering system. Although I was frustrated because I didn't know how to work it. Um, but, you know, the, the lesson learned there is to see see it from somebody else's point of view and allow allow yourself to see it from that other person's point of view. And I think that once I did that, I saw that there, there was no right or wrong here, not on any of the people in the immediate interaction. It just was. It just was. And when you accept things as they are, as Eckhart Tolle often tells us in his book, um, then you... It, it just is. Yeah. Our food was still delicious. Our, my food was delicious. It was, even though they didn't have a couple of the flavors that I like to have, it was still really good. And in the yeah. end, the wait service was turned out to be good because they were trying, they were hustling. Um, they were out of the milk. That's why they didn't bring the milk and the girl had walked out of the store. So the other girl didn't know that she hadn't brought the milk and, you know, things like that. So, you know, they probably don't operate on that level every day. It it just happened to be a crap right. day for them. When if you think about it, in a restaurant too, I'm um, I mean, there's different types of managers. There's more of the director type managers, and then there's the doer type managers. And he there's was, always something he was obviously a doer. Between. He was a doer. absolutely because he was stocking cups, making drinks. He was taking drinks to the bar, which there he was, was no one at the bar. He was doing everything. He was and he was cooking the food too. So if you think about it in that sense, like kudos to him as a manager for seeing the need and the lack in his restaurant and taking yes. the responsibility. And 
and, instead of t- just telling someone yes, else to do it. And when I write my letter to the corporation, which I definitely will do, I planned to call him out for his efforts mm-hmm. to do what he did um, and and make sure that they know that these people, you know, they need more support. They need more wait staff. I know it's really hard right now. People are having a hard time hiring enough people, but, um, you know. Right, and it's not the fault of the other people who did show up. Yes. So we shouldn't take it out on the people that are there. Right. Just because slow, service is slow or they're out of certain things. Right, it's right. It's not the fault of the waitress that the food is coming yes. in. And, it's and the we nature did, of the world we, did, we live in right now. We yeah. did make it a point to tell the waitress that, that my frustration was not with her not taking my order. And I didn't blame her for the app being confusing. I just was confused and didn't know how to work the app because it wasn't yeah. working right, right on my phone. Right. When I just mean in general, because yeah. the way the workplace is now, like even at where I work, you know, people have this opportunity uh, you know, it's a mass exodus. Everyone is getting up from their desk and going to work at another desk for another company because there's jobs available. Uh-huh. The pay is great. And everyone is desperate for employees. Yeah. So Every, everyone's The pay is great jobs. because they're trying to attract employees to it's fill these holes. It's yes. very competitive and right so now. And so every business is short staff right now because every business has new employees and they're trying to fill in a spot. And there's so many people that retired early, um, you know, because of COVID and work from home. Well, and, and we stuff. lost and, people from and we COVID. We lost a lot of people, right. So it looking at it from that perspective just you know taking this as a growth experience you know you can't take it out on the waitress because you know we don't know maybe there was another waitress that didn't show up today yeah we don't know and so she's carrying the burden of two waitresses so of course she walked out to take a smoke break i would i wouldn't blame her and they thought she just walked out on the job you know they she said i'm out of here and left and walked out you know And so they thought she'd quit. But I can see, like, how, you know, the egos cause, like, a vibe. You know, and there's it a did. lot of negative egos. If you work in an office place, you know, I'm sure, Amber, you know, like, working as a teacher that sometimes you get, like, negative energies and they kind of spread. Absolutely. And that's the, the part of the world that needs to heal is that if we can all just stop spreading the negativity – and spread more positivity, we can at least heal that part of the world. It's not going to clean up the trash and the damage and the pollution of the past, but our positive vibes that we give each other of kindness, love, respect, human, you know, human dignity. dignity, Yes. Those things will not erase time, but they can change the momentum Yes. In the negative direction that we're heading. Right. At, at least get to a place where we can stand face to face and communicate with each other and understand each other. I think I think that's where a lot of it is. You know, like um, a lot of misperceptions about, well, you think this way, but that may not be the way those people think. Maybe, Maybe you just think they think that way. And you've never really talked to that person to 
define how they think. Oh, right. How many times have you met someone and you're just like, I don't like them? Yeah. And you don't know why. Right. They well, just give off a vibe right. or whatever. Or, what or I think they talk about me behind. you giving them right. because you have this misconception, preconceived, you know, yes. emotion about somebody that you don't even know. Yeah. And you might be subconsciously being rude to them or mm-hmm. standoffish. You don't even know. Because yeah. you don't like the vibes. them or you think Because you, you think don't like they them. don't like you. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, true not enough. even that. Just sometimes you might not like somebody because you think they don't like you. Yeah. Like if somebody's kind of gruff or shy or, you know, shy people shy. don't talk to people, uh-huh. don't talk to people, don't talk to people. And then people think they're standoffish or they're being rude or, or they're snobby. being rude or snobby, but it's just that they're shy or, or maybe they're autistic and they don't have think the same. They don't have the same social skills that you have. Mm-hmm. So they don't think to say hi when they walk in the room or, um, to say goodbye before they leave, but you're judging them and saying they're rude. And then you have that attitude about that them. Judge, jury, and executioner. Executioner, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, that comes back to, you know, I don't like to throw biblical things in there because we're not, not everybody is, um, that listens to us as a Christian or, or whatever, but, but there's some great phrasing in there, you know, like, um, judge not lest you be judged yourself. And um, the the golden rule, you know, um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, and that really is a key element there. How would you want people to treat you? If you are the waiter and you're frazzled and those people walk in the door and they're asking for your help, if it was you, what would you what would you want the waiter to say to you? Um, if you are the people walking in the door tonight and the waiter's over here, like pay, not Busy. paying attention to you, um, what would you do if you were the waiter and you were really busy? You don't know whether he saw you or not. You don't know if he acknowledged you and it was just trying to hurry and finish or if he didn't even see you over there. He may be so intent on his work that he didn't even notice you were there. So if you were the waiter, how would you want that waiter to respond to you? Or how would you, wait a minute. If you were the waiter, how would you want those customers to behave towards right. you and, and use that as your guide? Right, because as customers, we are always like, well, the waiter should treat me this way. Well, think about how the waiter probably would like the customers to, to treat, treat them, them that way. Yes, yes. Yeah, that is a really valid point because we always think of ourselves because we're customers. And hopefully and we, someday oh. we can bring one of my friends. She is a career career. Uh, career food service uh, industry. She's a career waitress and she loves her job. She loves serving people uh, their food and taking care of them at their table. And um, I hope someday we can bring her on to to get her points of view Mm -hmm. because it's really nice and refreshing to talk to her because she has really valid points coming from her, from the other side of the table, literally. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a really good point. I mean, when you go to, like, the drive-thru and stuff, like, sometimes I go to Taco Bell and they're just, like, five seventy-five, and then I'm like, you're never going to say hi to me? You know what? Those are the people I smile at. I know. I try to be really nice to them because when I work in a call center, 
and I get gruff people that call me. I'm like, you know, they just need someone to be really nice to them because yeah. I don't know what's going on in their life. I tell people to have a nice so day. So I have to remember yeah. that myself too when I go I, to Taco Bell and they they don't give me the welcome to Taco Bell. You know, that's okay. I'm going to give them the welcome to Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Give them the smile and tell, and tell them have a great day. But not in a sarcastic way. No, or a no. Rude way or in a... In a genuinely unconditional unconditional and that's the thing is that like, you're not expecting anything back unconditional love you know we always think about like your family oh i'm gonna love my family regardless of how crazy they are because they're my family they're my blood but you should also unconditionally love your brethren of this yes. earth because yes. we are of the same blood as uh, humanity and yes. You just, you can't expect things from people. Like, we all deserve the same thing. Mm -hmm. Not more so because I'm a customer or more so because I am, you know, a patient or a doctor or more so because I'm rich or more so because I'm a female or anything like that. It should be, or more so because of my age or my title. It should just be unconditional. Yeah, I agree. And, you yes. know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And 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 look at it from their point of view. Absolutely. Did you have something to add to that, Amber? She's probably like, oh, I really don't like eating with the Murrays because they complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really wasn't angry about the whole situation i know you were you were chilled yeah i I was just like okay i'm gonna scan this i wasn't angry either i was frustrated (laughs) i wasn't angry either i was frustrated it was it was a frustrating situation because i couldn't figure out how to make the app work and then my bill wound up on your phone and i couldn't get it to pull up on my phone it wouldn't come up on my phone. So, yeah, um, I think for for us, Amber, what makes it a little different is we were raised in a, a commentator family. Even absolutely. my grandmother did that. She always had something to say about everything. Oh, yes. So my always. mom is the same way and I'm the same way, too. And, and I try to not do that. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a family where um, y'all know my mom. I turned out the opposite from that. <laughs> Like, uh, I turned out like my dad. My dad didn't say a word about anything. He yeah. just took yeah, it Yeah, your dad and he is left. totally like my Travis. Yeah, like, my dad just, like, you know, if the service sucked, he was just like, oh, well, I'm still going to give him a $10 tip. Mm-hmm. Or, like, and my dad was like, uh, my mom would, like, throw trash on the ground or whatever. My dad would pick it up, you know? Like, my dad was just like the most laid back chill person I ever met. Like if he was pissed off at me, he wouldn't yell at me or anything like that. You know, it was just like, and then my mom would yell at him all the time and he would just take it. He would just be like, not, he just wouldn't say a word. He'd just walk on. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't spread the virus. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I've just always been one of my bosses at work, you know, always comments on how like I don't like if a, if the classroom is going crazy 
or whatever. I just, uh, you know, I re- I don't react in the way that they want a teacher to react, like yell at them and scream and get mad and the stuff like that. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. Or anybody. I don't react in the way that anybody, like if they get, like uh, my ex-husband was really emotional and would want to have an emotional response out of me. And I would just be like, no, I'm not going to give you that response. I don't react that way. It's just... uh, it's not it's it's not how I react. Now, of course, like a neg a non emotional response is not always the answer, of course. Um and I'm not saying that I'm completely you know, that I'm healed, you know, like you know, you're saying the only way to heal the world is to heal yourself. I'm not saying that I'm healed, but I know I know how I don't like people coming at me. So and so I'm not going to come at that person right. and give them that angry mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. So maybe I am doing my part as far as, you know, not putting, trying not to put negative energy out there because I don't like to have that negative energy. I think that it takes away from my positive energy. If that I, makes I agree. Sense. Absolutely. It does. And, and that negative energy doesn't always have to be directed outward either. Sometimes people direct that, that negative energy inward, inward. and, and you have to heal that as well. Um, I know a lot of people who are very self-destructive um, because they are um, inwardly directing all that negativity that's in their life. You know, they have, they have bad things happen to them, and then instead of being angry at the world, they're angry at themselves, and um, they unjustly angry unjustly at angry at themselves. Yeah. And or even if even if it is justified, um, there's only so much um, blame that you can take. Um, it, it doesn't serve a purpose to continually uh, berate yourself for a mistake that you made twenty years ago. It's over. It's done. You learned the lesson yeah. and you need to get over it. it. It's not that important in the grand scheme of things. It, it may have changed things. It may have put you on a divergent path. It may have affected people that you love, but we're all still here. Right. Everybody's still here. You're still alive. They're still you alive. You have to make the most of it. Yeah. Right. Learn, and you learn from it. By what you say by get over it, she means accept it yes and use it to propel forward not yes not to hold yourself hold back, yourself back. Yes. yeah and 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 i'm not just saying just get over it you know yeah because, i know that's what i was like yeah yeah but uh, you know i know a lot of people who beat themselves up for things they did when they were younger you know 10 15 20 30 40 years i know people that are beating themselves up for things that happened 40 years ago and you know i I myself have beaten myself up for things that I did when I was in high school or whatever, you know, and I'm, I feel guilty about it. I feel bad about it. I think I'm a terrible person. I'm not a terrible person. And I learned my lesson. I don't do that thing anymore. Um, the consequences usually caught up with me. Um, and if they didn't, I, I beat beating myself up is a consequence enough. And, 
you don't have to continually punish yourself or blame yourself or hate yourself or think that you deserve it or whatever when life takes that turn. And so you need to heal that as well so that you can not keep that negativity because even if that negativity is directed inward, it still hurts the people around you. And this comes out in alcoholism. This comes out in drug abuse. This comes out in um, sexual misconduct, for lack of a better word, Um, you know, uh, suicide, things like that, because people think they're not worthy of love or they blame themselves or they think they have no control or they're not good enough or whatever. And they, they hurt themselves and it's not just you that you hurt. It also hurts the people around you. And even if you don't think it does, it does, it hurts them. And so heal yourself and, and do no further harm to, to the rest of the world, you know, you have to heal yourself so that you aren't hurting others, if that makes sense. Definitely. And um, so um, do you have further comment on that, Kristen or Amber? Or Well, I mean, we were talking about goals last week and, um, you know, the new year's coming around. And um, one of the things I noticed the past couple of years when I've been setting my goals is all of my goals have been about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And I realized I that last year when I was watching one of the people who do one of the goal planning books, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching her set hers up and she was talking about like um, doing like community service or something for the community. And I kind of looked at my book and I was like, golly, I don't have anything that has you know, a community something for impact. the community or for anybody else. All of my goals were for me. Well, you know, I, I don't think that's I necessarily mean, true because we do modern musings. While it is for us, it is a benefit to the community. Yeah, true, but in, in its own way. I mean, I'm looking at something that I can do, like an action change. Yes, a new habit or something mm-hmm. that's good for the world. So I was thinking about that and thinking, you know. What is something I can do that changes my behavior that's better for the world? Mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, like yeah. not thinking like I'm changing the world by changing my behavior, but I am you, because that's yes. what we we're talking about. Yes. Um, you know, like being a better recycler or not using some products that I commonly use because it's not good for the earth or something like that. Or that so. it's not good for other people, which we have talked about in previous episodes as well. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, those, those change, all of those changes are, yes, thinking, being aware of the greater community, um, being aware of how our actions impact the greater community and, um, you know, being fair minded and open and accepting of other Mm -hmm. people, um, regardless of their beliefs or race or religion or you know, orientation, nationality. Yeah. Any of those things. So, um, just being open and accepting and willing to learn. I, you know, by, by saying that I am, uh, open to, to all those things and accepting of all those things, it means that I know that I don't know what your point of view is. 
but I am open to hearing your point of view and accepting that that is your point of view. Before making my own judgments. Yes. That's yeah. the step I want to change. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, being informed, being enlightened, being accepting and, and then moving forward. So, um, and so those are, so those are some of the things I think about as well. Um, did you have further more with that? Okay. Well, if that's all, then I want to close this discussion with a quote from Gandhi. And, um, it is, you must be the change you want to see in the world. That was Which, a quote I used for my one little word when I had change. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if that's the one you're about to say. Yes, it is. And, um, and, and it really is. It goes, the only way to heal the world is to heal yourself. So you can't change the world until you are the change. And, and you can't make other people believe what you believe. You can't make people um, think what you think. You, you should just be tolerant of what other people believe. Yes. And and be, by accepting their beliefs, you are the change. That's what we all have to do is learn to be accepting and tolerant of each other, regardless of what our beliefs or our thoughts are, and be that change. And do your best. All right. So next week. Next week is season three. We start up season three. And I had somewhere here. What did I do with it? Our topic is somewhere here. I am editing. This happens every time, by the I way. Had it. I printed it out on <laughs> I there. Know. I every did. time. We're like, what's next week's topic? And we all scramble it's, and look at each other like, Ugh. It's always the one that we're not <laughs> recording next, you know. Right? So so we're going to take some time off before we come back to it. And it's like, where is it? Where is it? And I actually wrote it down this time so it would be on the list. And, um, and then I buried the list. <laughs> in a bunch of paperwork so next week actually amber is our hostess starting off the new year with weird things your family does now see we're all going to be <laughs> living with our families and visiting our families for the holidays we're doing all this you know right yeah we're gonna so, be reminded of all these little things that we've done so <laughs> so we should have some good things to talk about uh, i hope so i think it'll be good <laughs> Uh, that's it for today. And, uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to Red Door Studios and Creative Audio Tech for our music and recording equipment. And we'd also like to thank our loyal listeners. Thank you for making season two epic. I think it was epic. We've had some great conversations. We want you to join in on those conversations too. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a good rating and share this feed with your friends. We need more listeners to join in on these conversations. And don't forget to check out our blog. Um, it's over on our website at modernmusings.net. And um, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting part of the story. And uh, you guys have a happy new year. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Bye.